Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why does making friends as an adult feel so what hard? What should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a foreign But that hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Our guest today is wellness royalty. Kimberly Snyder is a multiple times best-selling author, a spiritual and meditation teacher, and an international speaker, nutritionist, and wellness expert. She's written six books, including one that she co-authored with Deepak Chopra called Radical Beauty. And she's also the founder of Salunia, a holistic lifestyle brand that offers supplements, meditations, and courses. On top of all of that, She has worked as a wellness guru for dozens of top celebrities from Drew Barrymore, Reese Witherspoon, Kerry Washington, Margot Robbie, and she works with Channing Tatum, to which I say thank you, Kimberly, for your service. She's also regularly featured by numerous national media outlets, including Good Morning America, The Today Show, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal. I mean, literally, she is like, she's it. She's doing it, okay? So yeah, she has the most impressive resume, but she's one of those people where when you talk to her or you hear her speak, you just like, you feel how deeply connected she is to purpose. And I like, I I don't even know how to explain it. Like you guys will totally hear what I'm talking about in this episode, but I just wanted to keep talking to her for hours. I think you guys will feel the same. In this conversation today, I literally did not use my notes once in this conversation. Like she's just so in touch with the message that needs to be shared. Everything she says is so powerful. We talk about why spirituality is probably the missing piece, whether you're struggling with weight loss, healing symptoms, all those things, like how much spirituality and connection to yourself really affects our physical bodies. We talk about her healing journey and the rituals that she used that will also help you to heal. She shares her meditation practice and her go-to foods, supplements, all the rituals. So you know I jam-packed a lot of wellness and a lot of good tips into this conversation There are so many key takeaways that I really recommend you listen to this maybe a couple times. There might be some times throughout the episode that you want to rewind and re-listen to that again. Personally, I have listened to this episode twice already and I was in the conversation. Okay. So it's a really powerful one. There's a lot here, a lot to unpack. Enjoy this episode. This one is a very special one. I'm so excited for you to listen to. Please welcome Kimberly Snyder to the Evergirl podcast. I have to tell you, I am such a big fan of yours. I've been following your work for such a long time because A, I'm a wellness nerd. I'm the wellness editor of The Every Girl. I am a health coach. I love wellness. But what I love so much about you that clicks with me 
is the spirituality side. And I know we're going to dive into both. Um, but I was a religious studies major in college. I focus on Eastern religions. And I feel like that was like a part of me that I'm so passionate about, but it's something that I kind of like have gotten away from since graduating college. And, and when it, I kind of like got into the, the real world and had a big old job, like I, my passions went all into kind of more like the physical health. And I've definitely gotten away from that. So reading your most recent book really transformed a lot for me and really helped me get back to my spiritual side and find that. So I just have to say like, that's why of all the many things you do, <laughs> but I'm, I'm such a big fan of yours and everything that you do very, very, very deeply clicks with me. So I am so excited to talk to you. Oh my gosh, Josie, I am so honored and excited to talk to you as well. I'm so grateful for our connection. And you know, from the beginning, when I started my free blog, which is really how this started, it came from the same place, which is, hey, let's share what really works. Let's share how we can help support each other on this journey. So as you know, you've read my other books. This one is my sixth year, but my personal story can't help but be infused because I think that's how we see that this is a living, breathing, you know, we're here, it's organic, it's happening in real life. It's not just philosophy, right? So as you know, part of my story is I went backpacking for three years. I was trying to figure out how to feel better in my body, how not to be so bloated, how to get rid of my acne, how to get my hair to start growing again. And I landed in this place of having a much more expanded perspective of food which was what my first two books were about. And then it started expanding, like you said, into this whole lifestyle with our mental health, our emotional well-being, our bodily temple, but yes, spiritual growth, which isn't you know religion per se. It's about connecting to this energy, this non-physical part of us. And I think that's the missing key in wellness for a lot of people. We focus so much on the outer shell, what we look like, what we're doing, the physical part. Now science is proving that the mind and the emotions, it's not separate to the body. It's not saying the mind and the body are connected, which implies that they're separate. Rather, it's one feedback system. And then I take it a step further, Josie, and say, well, what's influencing the mind and the thoughts and our ability to believe that's who we are is when we connect to the true self inside of us, we get a different perspective. We understand that we want to take care of the body. We want to be beautiful on the outside. We want to eat healthy food food. But when we're connected to the formless, unique energy inside of us, we realize, oh, that's not all that I am. So ironically, when we connect in deeper, the other stuff, the bodily stuff, how we, you know, how fit we look, our relationship with food tends to heal much faster as well, because now we get this, um, this really balanced perspective of who we are, which is not just the outside. You just answered so many questions I had for you in just that, that one fail swoop. I love the definition so much. I love how you relate spirituality with physical body, because I think there are so many people out there who are like, I love nutrition. I love fitness. I'm all in on superfoods and physical health. And they see spirituality as this kind of like woo woo thing that like they don't really click with. So I would love for you to talk more about like, how does spirituality and more of like this, just this connection to our true self, how does that affect and show up in our physical self? And why for people out there who might be like, spirituality is not for me. What do you tell them? How do you explain that it's for everybody and it's an important part about physical health too? So we are whole beings and our power and being truly healthy means that we honor the whole self. So my philosophy and at Saluna, my lifestyle brand, it's really based around four cornerstones, food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth. 
So what I've seen, I've worked with hundreds, thousands of people and readers. And part of my background is also, you know, working with a lot of different entertainers and celebrities, which gave me the opportunity to live with people, many different kinds of body types and people and personalities, sometimes for four months, right? While they were shooting a film, then going to Europe, being in a different country every day for these crazy press tours, right? So I have a lot of experience with very different people and people that wouldn't say they're quote spiritual, right? Or people that are very into counting calories, just all kinds of people. But here's the thing, no matter where we come from, no matter what we believe, we are these whole beings. We have a physical component. We have an emotional part. We have the mind, the mental component. And we do have this energy, which Quantum physics would say it's this, you know, individualized field around us. In spiritual terms, we could say it's spirit individualized inside of us. It's our soul, or we could say simply it's the voice of the heart. It's the intuition. There's a part of us that's watching our thoughts. So again, the two physical cornerstones, food and body, what I see time and time again is when people are over obsessed with food or their body, the people that are constantly, it's one thing to get information and to have an understanding of how to eat or how to work out, but it's the people that go into orthorexia or some type of eating disorder. The person that's always saying, well, maybe it's the riboflavin or maybe it's the omega-3 fats. And I look at their diet, I'm like, no, your diet's perfect. It's great. Not perfect, but wonderful. It's that we're not, those are the very people that aren't focusing on the formless parts of them right? The emotional well-being and the spiritual. So when we don't, when we ignore those parts of us, what happens is in the mind, we tend to get really confused. We don't feel good. We're not processing our emotions. We're not connected to who we are. So then we overemphasize the other ones. So it's this endless, never going to get there, never enough. We're never quite good enough in our bodies, right? It's always about the food. So we heal by going to the other ones. We find stress management solutions. We actually understand there's a difference between our head and our thoughts and the feelings, these sensations. We need to digest them and let them pass through. And then when we meditate or we find stillness or we go in nature, silence starts to come, right? The head and all the ego talking and talking. And then from this place, what arises from inside of us is intuition. And this is the intuition that gives us peace. This is the intuition that whispers to us, oh, I'm actually not really hungry right now. Or what I need is something hot. I need this big bowl of soup, not a cold salad right now, right? It's this intuition that says, oh, this relationship or send this email. This is a really healthy, wonderful direction to go in, inspired action versus push, 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 do, 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 right? The confusion, never feeling the confidence. So you know, we need to break this idea that spirituality is about religion. No, it's just about connecting to the voice inside of you, which we can do in many ways. I promote meditation, but again, we can go out in nature. We can take a silent walk. There's many things that we can do as well. I'll also say, Josie, that when we are always in ego, which is everything we sense with the five senses, right? It's what we take with things taste like, what we're hearing, what we're seeing on social media, on TikTok, whatever. Our energy is always going out right? So this is what yogis teach us, that energy is always going out. When we meditate or we come into stillness, we actually reverse the flow of that energy and it starts to go back inward 
Where does it go? Into our central nervous system, which is our spine and our brain. Then we start to activate different parts of us. This is where the intuition lights up. This is where the creativity starts to light up. So when we start the day with something simple like five, seven minutes of meditation, we actually start to feel very grounded, very centered. We make different decisions, including about what we're going to eat or where we're going to put our energy, where we're going to flow for the day. So to anyone to answer your question saying, well, this isn't really for me, I would say, you know, it's it's just part of how we're built. We can't get away from it. We are not just this body. We are definitely not our thoughts. So what are we? Right? The title of the new book is You Are More Than You Think You Are. Well, actually, who you are is this incredibly infinite energy, this potential inside of you. So once we connect to that, your whole life, including your health, dramatically changes. That's so beautiful and such an, an amazing, powerful way to explain it that I think is so freeing for so many people too, even the people out there who maybe aren't like super into spirituality or don't kind of see themselves that way. But even wellness, even the nutrition, the physical health, it can be so overwhelming and confusing because there's all these different experts out there saying, this is the right diet. This is the right method of fitness. And so what you're saying of using spirituality to tap into your intuition, I see it as you're teaching people or spirituality is helping people be the experts of their own body so that it doesn't be this confusing thing of what do I eat? There's all these different diets out there. It's, I am the expert in my body. I tune in, I'm in touch with my body. I'm connected to my body to know what my body is telling me. I think that is the most freeing way to look at even just physical health. Yes, exactly what you said, Josie. It's like, I can take care of myself. And as you're speaking, I, I, I would offer another word we can replace spirituality with, if that's like a hangout for people, is simply love, right? So in the head, there's always like the judgment of ourselves and others, the opinions, right, wrong, should, this, this, this. There's something underneath all of that, and that is love right? It's the divine love. It's the love in our heart. It's the self-love. It's when we fill ourselves up so much with this energy of love, we're more gentle and we're more soft. And what that does, it relaxes your shoulders. It relaxes rigidity. It actually relaxes your organs. Believe it or not, there's a higher functionality to your digestive system which is related to your endocrine system, your immune system, many things. Your body actually functions better in the presence of love. And there's research around this as well for those with a discerning mind from the Heart Math Institute talking about 60 times the electrical frequency of the heart energy versus the mind energy, right? So if we get caught up, we don't just think about, oh, universe or source, God. Some of these words don't resonate with people, but we can resonate with the heart. We can resonate with love. So when we're think, 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 doing, 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 we're in beta brainwaves, which are actually faster brainwaves. When we start to slow down, let's just say we take a moment to pause before we eat, or we take a moment to say grace. We take a moment to be thankful. We actually slow down the breath. We actually slow everything down. Our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous system can come into balance. We actually aren't secreting stress hormones when we eat. We actually digest the food more thoroughly and better. And we're in this completely different way of living, right? I'm just giving one example. But spirituality is seeing that underneath behavior our behavior and other people and all the judgment, all the harshness, there's this constant love that we can have access to. 
right? So this part of our lifestyle means we come from this loving place instead of, again, the right, wrong, the harshness, we're never doing enough, this person isn't right. There's a softness that heals the body and the mind. And so when we come from this place, like I said, it just balances everything. I've had clients lose 80 pounds once there's more of this softness. Fat is um, a protective entity. Fat has over twice the caloric density of protein or carbs, right? It's, um, it's, a, it's a dense, warmth, protective. It lines the myelin sheaths, sheaths in our nervous system. So there's people that are always in fight or flight and they eat really well and they don't eat many, cal- many calories and they work out at the gym every day and they can't get rid of that pooch or the, you know, the, the softness in their belly, the pounds that they want to lose around their hips. And yet when we come into this love, we'll call it, right? This, this more grounded place where I'm breathing and I'm feeling this energy come from inside of me, it's okay to relax. And literally the pounds start to come off. And so starting as a nutritionist, there were many times I couldn't explain the way I was working with people, how it was really working, right? Because there were so many people that were coming to me in Hollywood and all these places and and wanting to look a certain way. It was like, you know, make Channing Tatum look young for 21 Jump Street or, you know, help Carrie Washington look this way, whatever it was. And it was always this holistic way, Josie, right? It was just like pouring out of me. We would meditate or we would process things emotionally. And yes, there was the food. It was like the food was like 10 or 15%. And then there was the workouts, but it was all of this. So then I finally put it into a system and this new book really puts forth into the public for the first time, these practices that I've been working with for years and really understanding that it's not just the mind. The mind doesn't just influence the body, Josie. It's this whole sense of self that influences. Are we coming from love and understanding that who we are is more than the body that's going to age and gain weight sometimes and change? Or are we coming from this place of fear and limitation, which is the mind? So the more we learn to drop down into this place, we actually re-regulate our whole system and all our bodily systems, including digestion. And then things like weight loss, having more energy, sleeping better, having better skin, it all falls more into place. It almost feels magical if you don't see it from this energetic perspective and the ways in which the rishis and the great seers and the yogis and the Ayurvedic doctors from thousands of years ago were teaching us about energy. But now more Western research is coming to support this more expanded perspective, which has been there. Teachings have been there for thousands of years. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. (laughs) I could listen to you talk about justice alone forever. Like that is so cool. And I love this perspective so, so much because I always say that like for those people who are, you know, very restrictive and they're like, I'm still not getting results and I'm perfect. And for those people, I'm always like, well, what's the point of health? Like the point of health is to feel happy, right? Like that is the end goal is to feel so good in our bodies that we can actually access the ultimate life in our happiness and to have this long life with people we love. Like that's the point. The point isn't just to be healthy and stop there. Like there's an end goal to it, but I like what you're saying because it's, it's not only just like, okay, happiness and fulfillment and ultimate spiritual connection to self is the main goal, but also that it's the tool in order to also get the healthy physical body. Like that there, it's almost like there's two different ways to show how crucial 
physical or spiritual health is with your physical body. So I just think that that for a lot of people out there, I think that you just changed a lot of people's minds. I know you do that all (laughs) the time, but for our listeners who are on the end of like, you know, I'm really into nutrition. I'm really into physical health, like spirituality isn't for me. I think you just changed every single one of their minds. Oh, thank you, Josie. But yes, to your point, exactly. There's two things here. Number one is understanding that real success Real wellness, just like you said, Josie, you get, I'm getting goosebumps. It is inner peace and joy. It is inner peace and joy. And guess what? Having the perfect body that looks exactly like that person you saw on Instagram is not going to get you there. Getting a higher salary, getting five job promotions is not going to get you there. Getting finally that perfect skin, that glowy makeup look you're always trying to get is not going to get you there. But, but, we can enjoy those things. Those things we can enjoy, but it's, we just first have to understand that the peace and the joy come from the inside. So I'm not saying put all your energy and attention, but if you're really obsessed with nutrition and fitness, spend some of your time in the other cornerstones, some of the offerings, some of these practices that I offer in the new book, which could only take three minutes, five minutes. Then you start to feel really connected. You start to take some deep breaths into your lungs. You have a much better ability to discern true hunger from not, right? You just start to do these practices. And what happens is you start to identify more with that energy. So the outside stuff you can still enjoy, you can still work on, but it's not so dire. It's not so make or break. And ironically, like we said, Josie, ironically, when you're not so obsessed, this like gripping has to be, I have to lose these five pounds, you relax because you're spending more energy on the formless part, the outer parts fix themselves. It actually starts to work better. So I'll give a quick example with my own body. I got into this because I was so bloated, Josie, and I was really wanting to look a certain way. And I always had this bloat in my stomach. My, you know, my pants always made a mark on my belly. I always just had this, you know, a little bit of extra weight. It was in my thighs as well. And in my no hips. And I never felt happy with how I looked. I also felt my arms were too big and I was obsessed. I was dieting. I even tried paleo back in the day and now I'm plant-based, right? I tried everything. I was obsessed. I would run, which I absolutely did not like at all. We, I, I never say the H word. It's funny in my family, we have a swear dart with my two kids. The H word is considered a swear. So we don't say it in our family. I like okay? that so much. I like that. Yeah, we don't, we don't need that kind of harsh it. language. Yeah. But, we, but I never liked running, right? I did it because I was trying to lose weight. And I, ne- I never could do it. And then I went backpacking and I went to India, which had a huge impact on me. My idea of spirituality, I was raised Catholic and I always loved Jesus, but there was so much that felt like not connected. And for me, when I went to mass or the church, but then when I went to India and I, I just started meditating and understanding that, you know, God's spirits everywhere and there's many paths up the mountain and I could still love Jesus, but I could still meditate and find God inside, have this really personal experience. And I just started living this lifestyle it just went away. The pounds I'm talking about, Josie, the weight, it just started balancing. But what started to come up was the peace. So I could actually sleep at night. I used to have really bad insomnia and so much anxiety. And it grows and grows. And the biggest growth I have to share with you was since writing this new book. So the past year, I wasn't expecting this, these exponential leaps of, I had some really dark nights of the soul, which I wasn't expecting, just ego coming up and sort of shaking me. But then the peace that comes, 
the peace that comes is worth everything. And everybody, a truth means it's true for every single human, not just a couple of people that are going to be enlightened, you know, the Buddhas of the world and the Jesuses. It means we all can access more peace. And guess what? Peace is useful in the physical body. Peace means the relaxation of inflammation. Peace means your, your body relaxes and literally lets go of weight. Peace means better blood flow, more glow in your skin, right? So there's a usefulness to this. It comes out in this beauty inside out that we, that I talk, I've been talking about for years, but in a deeper way, it's this radiance, Josie. And so when we, when we see things in this more expanded way, I promise you, everything actually does work better. And this is the problem I see today. Everybody's hammering more fitness, more food. Yes, those are parts of us but we want to look at ourselves and honor the wholeness, the beautifulness that each of us has inside. Oh, that's so good. things that you did that let's say someone listening, who's like, okay, I have no idea where to start. What are the things that helped you that you recommend other people picking up? Yes. So first I'll say that contemplation is really important. So just the fact that we're talking, having this discussion and you're hearing this, I, this, these ideas, anyone listening to this is a seed. It's starting to awaken. So, you know, because I love to share and not self-promotional, if you do read the book, And this starts to awaken these ideas. There's a lot of journaling practices. Start there, right? The first first chapter is about fear. We have to get past some of this fear in in order to step into the full vitality, in order to step into the energy, in order to step into the life that you want. So that's the first thing is these ideas started to really awaken me. I'd never heard of them until I went to India. And I learned about Paramahansa Yogananda, the great yoga guru who brought yoga to the West. And by the way, put on the altar, Jesus next to Krishna. He was the first worldwide spiritual leader to say, hey, we're saying the same thing here about love. There's just all these different paths up the mountain, the bhakti path, the path of the heart. Krishna was talking about love, some of the similar parables, 3000 years before Christ. And then Christ comes and he's like, look, Everybody is love. Everybody is of equal worth. The king and the prostitute and the leper, we are all equal on the inside, right? So I started to hear these ideas and it was like, whoa, awakening things. But what I want to say is then we create practices. So if anyone's looking to get started, there's a simple morning practice I'll give you. Number one is you drink hot water with lemon, you hydrate, you put heat into your body, which makes you feel grounded in your body. Then you can do this later or at the same time, like I do, you take two SBO probiotics. This is how tangible it is. Saluna, we have clinically researched really powerful soil-based organism probiotics. And I've been taking yours, by the way. They're so good. Oh, and they amazing. Feel so like, amazing. I don't know how to, I know they're pills, but they like feel like natural to me where, I don't know, it just, it feels like a different experience than other probiotics. No, it's very different, love. Could you see how they're brown? Yes. They look like dirt. Yeah, they feel because like Because we believe in nature. 
Exactly. So soil means that our ancestors ate a little bit of soil because they didn't have running water. So that would go into their body and create a perfect, harmonious ratio structure of probiotics that gets through stomach acid. A lot of marketing is like 50 billion culture count. Those aren't the numbers we need. Those aren't the the strains that we need. It's about marketing. So anyways, I don't want to get a, sorry for that tangent love, (laughs) but gut health. So I, I get up in the morning and I drink hot water with lemon and I take my probiotics and then I sit in meditation. So if you are like, oh shit, I've tried meditation. It's not for me. I can't do it. We have these free guided meditations for you on the site, the practical enlightenment meditations, which are based on Kriya Yoga. They're based on what Yogananda was teaching us, which is settle, do a little physical movement, some breathing. And then we do the I am form of mantra which the I am is speaking down into the true self. It's the, the Manipura chakra, the center of self, which is I am that I am, which is what, you know, when Moses asked the Almighty, what is it that you are? I am, I simply am. So we're not talking about the ego, what I look like, what I think I am, but we're starting to connect to who we are. So in the morning, if you just start doing that and the meditations, if you want to try the guided ones with me, the free ones, there's seven minutes. You just start the day, just start there, start the day with this expanded place. And then you can add all these different things later. It means you get up maybe 10, 15 minutes earlier. But I tell you, Josie, what a difference this makes in your whole day. It's like New Year's every morning, right? We <laughs> I love that. So we reset. So I say start there. And Yogananda said the morning meditation is the most important practice to focus on. Really? And why is that? Just because it sets up your whole day? Exactly. Because every day we start, we come from this altered place of consciousness called sleep. We don't really know where we go, right? The yogis would say we go to the astral, we go, we merge with spirit, we do different things, but we wake up. So it's a chance to take a hold of life, right? So when we start in this connected place, we're connecting to our true self, your whole day is different. Then you start from the egoic frenetic place. I'm not even out of bed. I'm already on Instagram or my emails. You're already gone. You're already in the story. You're already in the thoughts. So if you can break that cycle every morning, just with a few minutes, and I usually do it right when I just sit up in my bed and I meditate in the morning before my kids are awake. And then I do a longer one, you know, a little bit later, but then I sit up, Josie, and I just sort of feel grounded. And if you get up later, at least take a moment to say an intention for the day. My intention is to live in love and peace and kindness today. Accept all that comes with before me with love and kindness. Whatever your intention is, at least start the day with an intentional pathway for your energy. Otherwise, it can just go all over the place. My intention is to live in love today. At least set an intention as a practice to start the day. And that's so easy. That takes 30 seconds. So easy. To just set a quick intention. But intention intention is everything, right? Our intention to eat healthy today, our intention to change our lifestyle, our intention to go into a healthy relationship. My intention is to start a family. You know, I'm just listing all these intentions. We have to be really clear with what we intend and then we use our will and we focus this energy and then we can co-create what we want from the inside out. I mean, it's so crazy because- that's such a simple thing. It's a free thing for people to have access to every single morning. It, it takes seven minutes if you want to meditate. It takes If you don't have that time, 30 seconds, set an intention. And to hear you talk about it like that, it just it's crazy how powerful just that little thing is, that it can actually change your entire day, which then will change your entire life. Exactly. You know what? I get goosebumps, Josie, just 
thinking about this and sharing about this because it really does change your life. There's a chapter in the book on intuition. And then there's another chapter on magnetism. And these are very powerful energies that everybody can develop inside of themselves. When we develop more of listening to our heart, and I actually wrote an Instagram post about this today. Oh my gosh, the time this saves us. Because when we're ahead, we get confused. Am I supposed to follow keto? Or wait, my friend's eating this, or I should be doing this, or da, 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 da. the head confuses us. The guidance says, this is what I need to be nourished. It says, yes, I'm going to go on a second date with this person or whatever, right? So intuition, and I do a lot of corporate speaking and intuition is a huge topic we talk about because it's so useful. The other part is when we start to develop this energy on the inside and connect to the true self, we start to become very magnetic, meaning we start to pull things into us. And I use the example in the book where I was, I connected with Deepak Chopra. He reviewed my third book, but I wanted to work with him more. And I just started visualizing and using these practices. And I literally ran into him on the street, Josie. And then we connected. He gave me his cell phone. We sat down. And in two hours, we decided to write a book together. And this is something that Deepak calls synchro destiny, meaning when we align to this energy on the inside and we understand that it comes from the inside out. So if we're trying to change our life, our bodies from the outside, it's very futile. It's very limited. A lot of efforting. But when we align these synchronicities, almost miracles, we'll say almost these crazy things just start to happen more and more in our lives because we're part of the whole. So it means this this piece is sort of aligning us somehow into this, this energy where more is flowing to us. And, you know, we could go into the quantum physics and it's not woo-woo when you start to understand like everything is a frequency, right? And it's, you know, I can say from experience, it really starts to happen. Helpful people start to come, just things flow because we are more at peace within ourselves. That's something I was dying to talk to you about because one of my favorite chapters of the book, I mean, I had so many, I'm like, I was trying to narrow it down and I was like, there are so many topics, like the fear-based <laughs> one. I did the fear exercise where I wrote all my fears down, tore up. Mm. That was so powerful. So I was like, how do I narrow down questions to ask Kimberly in an hour time? Cause I have so much, but the magnetic <laughs> chapter, I really wanted to talk about because I loved not only just like your definitions, but all of the tips that you shared. And so I think of magnetic as there's like these almost like things that you almost want to be like, what a weird coincidence, but they're not coincidences and they start happening to you. And it's yes. also like, if people can envision, like there's probably someone, you know, who when they talk, everybody's just like enthralled when they're speaking and they light up the room. And it's like that, it's like a je ne sais quoi, you know, it's like hard to define, but that's magnetism. So I would love for you to talk more about yeah. like, how do you become that magnetic person? If you think about a magnet, right? It, you hold it one way and it sort of repels and then you hold it another way and suddenly it just starts to draw in. So again, this is a truth for everybody. Everything is energy. So you talked about someone walking into a room. Anyone that walks into a room, you can have a sense or a feeling in your body. And that's the energy inside of that person in that moment, what they're holding in their mind, what they're thinking about, what they're feeling, what they're radiating out. So what is repellent is if we hold on to these so-called lower vibration emotions. So in our head, we just don't forgive. We're very resentful or angry, or we're always in lack. Like, oh, that person has more than me, or I'm jealous, or da-da-da-da-da. 
whether we realize it or not, people can't read our exact thoughts, but energy can be felt. So that sort of just creates this repellent field around you where, you know, and it's common sense, you, you know, we talk, we talk about bitchy resting face. People don't really want to approach you or you just sort of feel a little bit standoffish or people are, are intimidated or whatever it is. There's something that is repellent. So we need to understand that it's not that we can't feel those feelings. We feel all those feelings, but we want to use the practices in the book about being almost like a sieve and letting those feelings be felt and then digested through us. So they're not part of us. They're not in our energy field all day. We're not walking around with it. So over time, we get really good about feeling and letting go. And then what's left? More and more, what's left is our true nature. And our true nature, Josie, really is peace and love. We are not, our true nature is not to be in this agitation or frustration. The true nature is this softness, the cree, the gentleness, this flow, this love, this acceptance, this openness, at least just being open, right? So as we start to learn how to emotionally digest better, which is what one of the things we teach in the book, in the magnetism chapter, there's a practice about actually going into these high vibration states and then flowing it out before you go into a meeting or before you go into a Zoom or whatever you're doing. Then you understand that we can choose and we really are the architects of our own energetic state. So it's understanding that first of all, even though people can't read our thoughts, we are giving off energy 24 hours a day, whether we realize it or not. And then we become um, more aware, more, I don't really like this word mindful because the mind part, but we're more awake to what is happening and what we're giving off instead of just saying, well, I didn't say that, or that's not what I wrote in the email. There's so much more beyond that in communication, right? So we understand that what we want, if we want to be magnetic, if we want to draw the love in, the relationships, the opportunities, we need to understand our energy and what frequency we are in. It's the repeated vibration that we're giving off that will draw in positive things or maybe not so positive things. So is that just a matter of constantly having to check in with yourself when you notice a negative emotion or a low vibrational emotion noticing it. And then like, I want to know, how do you get rid of it? Like some of those that they're, you're just like, whether it's like a stress thought or an anxiety or or a worry or something like, how do you get rid of it? Yeah. So first of all, it's understanding that there's a difference between thoughts and emotions, right? So thoughts are like, oh my gosh, I'm late. This traffic sucks. Why am I here? It shouldn't be like this. It's like everything will just keep your body jacked up in inflammation. It keeps it going. So the first skill is understanding this is my head and this is my body. So when you start to feel that stress or you start to feel those big sensations, oh, anger or oh, jealousy or envy or whatever it is. The first skill to learn is to stop the thinking and to go into the body and notice what is happening. Oh, my heart rate is really elevated or I'm feeling that hollowness in my stomach. That's a big sign for me or my shoulders are really tightening. So we don't pay attention to thoughts. That comes from the ego. That comes from the past, things that happened in our childhood, wounds, other ways that we're bringing the past into that moment. So the first thing that we do, Josie, is we go into the body and we work to re-regulate the body. So that could mean taking some, and again, we go into great detail in this, the book, it means 
maybe it's going to the bathroom or getting outside, or just looking around the room, tracking your eyes horizontally, naming three objects in the room, coming to settle the body. We don't do anything. We don't take action. We're not trying to alleviate a situation until we get the body under control. Then we start to turn on different parts of the brain when the body is re-regulated. And now with discernment and more rational thinking, we can deal with what's there. But what we did in that time is we started to digest and process those feelings without having that big, I have to do something in this moment. So this is a skill that psychiatrist, Dr. David Hawkins teaches us. And I talk about his work in the book as well. When we are, um, we learn to emotionally digest our feelings and focus, the big feelings last at most about 10 minutes. And then we start to let that energy out of our body. So if we are, have a lot of anger inside of us, we're kind of angry people over time, just by leaning into that anger and not trying to validate it. I'm saying, well, this person did that. So justifying it, just letting it come through over time. It's like we get more and more to the bottom of the well, but we have to go in and face that darkness so to speak, we have to face those big feelings, just like undigested food. We eat processed food and sort of sticks in the lining of our GI tract until we actually do a cleanse or take detoxy, our oxygen-based product to help that stuff come out. It continues to trigger us. It continues to you know, be an issue. But it, the good news is that it's possible for all of us to get to that place of releasing and releasing. And then we just keep being more magnetic over time, we start becoming more radiant. We start connecting to the love that's underneath all those human emotions. And then that expands more and more. That is so freaking cool. I mean, that's awesome. Like how, (laughs) and I love how you like explain it like it's food too, like that it's like an undigested emotion that sits there, just like undigested food. There's something we have to do about it to be able to get it out of our bodies, to be able to thrive and to be like our highest self. So like that is is such a cool way to explain those emotions that I've never heard someone else explain before. So, so a lot of those emotions are sitting right there. They're sitting right there. We don't feel good about ourselves and we want to do something about it. So what do people do, Josie? They try to go on another diet. They try to get more fit. They try to do more CrossFit. They try to get bigger muscles. They try to get skinnier because they don't feel good about themselves. But that's the whole thing. We come full circle to the beginning of the podcast. We're never going to feel good about ourselves if we're just focused on the ego and the external. The seed, the root of not feeling good is all these energies inside of us. So when we go down in meditation, we connect to the love or we go to these silence practices, then the love starts to come up and it starts to merge and heal with these energies. And then if we give ourselves the space for these practices, which we do gently, like you said, you did the fear practice, but the introspection and the journaling and just starting to see some of these energies and let them come out is the deep healing. Yogananda says a cave can be in darkness for 10,000 years, but you shine the light on it it's as if the darkness never was. We don't need 10,000 years of lightness to heal, right? So these little realizations, these little, I feel peace, this is expanding, or I realize, oh, that's not who I was. Like just these little things that start to come, it starts to change so much of our energetic constitution and our sense of self. Our breath starts to change. That when we take this four cornerstone approach, when we take this holistic approach, it does change our whole life. It is the most powerful thing we can do for our wellness. 
it's kind of like detaching from those more low vibrational things. It's like in therapy, something I've been doing with my therapist is like, instead of saying, I have anxiety, I say, I'm feeling anxiousness or I'm feeling anxiety. I've stopped saying I have anxiety because it's, because I'm trying to exactly what you're doing, like separate. It's something I'm experiencing and can allow myself to feel. It's not something that's who I am. That's like taking control of me, right? Like it's, it's, I can almost like distance myself and allow myself the human experience of feeling that without knowing that it's something that I need to put onto myself for the rest of my life. It's something that like, like the cave parable you gave was so powerful and so cool to me. Cause it's like the, okay, even if I've experienced quote anxiety for 10 years, 15 years, all my life, shining that flashlight, it doesn't, I'm not going to need 27 years to erase the anxiety. It's like shining that light once and little bits of of light shining at a time can help erase the darkness. Well, and also, by the way, Josie, everything is spiritual. So what you're talking about is saying, you know, your therapist is teaching you not to identify with your feelings and sensations, which is the same thing I'm talking about, which is we don't identify with the ego. Yes. The other chapter in the book is I am whole this wholeness. We tend to identify ourselves with our behaviors and then we weigh ourselves down with guilt and shame. And I use the example in the book of a client I worked with who, you know, cheated on her husband and he ended up emailing their entire wedding list of 270 people about what happened, including the grandmothers, like the ultimate shame you can imagine for this woman. And she gained a lot of weight and you know she dated people after everybody cheated on her she just she had so much shame she identified her behavior with her like i'm a bad person i did this every it was became public and so this is what we all have to do within ourselves that's a heaviness that a lot of we've all done stuff we're not proud of whether it's overeating a bag of cookies or you know bigger things like this So the whole chapter is about these exercises about going underneath the so-called good behavior, bad behavior for me as a perfectionist. It was always like I had to be number one in my class, but who's under that? Who's under the behavior? And then we say, oh, it's just, it's me, this whole complete, this energy, this soul, it's already perfect. You can't add on to it by being more muscular or more beautiful physically. It doesn't get taken away when we behave in ways we're not proud of. So that's a very important understanding as well. Like we're not the ego, we're not what we look like, but we're also not our behaviors. More, we want to align our behaviors to the truth of the love and the peace and the acceptance inside of us. But when we went, when we mess up, we want to learn those lessons and then we want to let go because guilt and shame are very heavy energies. So that's the other thing I think a lot of us deal with is over identifying with the feelings. Like you said, I feel anxious versus I'm having an anxious experience. The true self is never anxious. The true self is never, you know, these ups and downs. And also the true self isn't the behavior. It's the ego that's acting out in these ways. So when we get to this underneath, oh, Maybe I clean up some messes. Maybe I say, I'm sorry. Maybe I don't, but I understand within myself, I learned these lessons and I let that experience go. Great peace also builds in that as well. That is a really important lesson that a lot of people listening, you should like rewind this, re-listen back to that because that's (laughs) like so critical. I, I can think of so many people that very much do feel defined by mistakes they've made or from guilt or from shame they have and that they're holding on to it as if it's a key part of their identity. So to to remind yourself to know deeply that shame and guilt 
and mistakes have no place in your true self. It's not your behavior that's dictating your true self. Like that is seriously, it's like people go rewind, listen to that again. Cause that, that is, <laughs> is something I think we all can, can hear and let it affect us differently than the way that we've kind of been holding on to shame and guilt for some people. It's been decades, you know, that they hold on to it. So that's so exactly. So it is Josie. First of all, saying I'm not my behavior. There's something else than my feelings, emotions, and behavior, right? So first there's that awareness, which we can, you know, even the seed us talking about it, there's the awareness starting. But then number two is the experiential. I was like, well, if I'm not what I look like, who am I? You know, I said to my six-year-old, I always say to my six-year-old, I know who you are. He's like, I don't know who I am. And I'm saying, like, you're the true self inside. Right. So first we we understand that there's a different, deeper, the real us, the true self. But number two, we connect to that. We say, Oh, this, oh, this expanding bliss, this peace. We connect to that in the meditation. Like we said, the morning practice. So it's one thing to know it. And that's the first part, but the other is to experience it. And once we experience this, it just starts to expand so much, Josie, that again, the other stuff isn't so important. If we didn't eat so great at dinner, it's okay. I'll try to be good tomorrow, right? Better 80% of the time. It's not so like, ugh, life doesn't have to be so serious and so, so hard, all the suffering. It's like, oh my gosh. This stuff that I was trying to get from shopping and all these outfits and always trying to have these perfect TikTok posts. I can have fun with that stuff, but the good enoughness, the confidence, the love comes from inside my heart. This is where it comes from. And I have access to it. And that empowerment is worth everything. Oh my God. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> I'm so curious you saying that at talking to your son. What do you do? Like, are there like little things you say to them or like little things that you do to help your kids almost like have this sense of self? Like, how do you raise your kids? Yeah. I'm just so curious. Oh, so, I mean, that could be a whole other podcast, right? Conscious child raising. What the children see is more important than what we say in early childhood, right? So my kids are two and six and they see me meditate a lot. They're around me a lot. We sit, we live a lifestyle. We say grace before every meal. We have, you know, our spiritual gurus out. We, I mean, it's just infused. So they do it along with us. We go to our meditation temple every Sunday, um, my older son now goes to the Sunday school there. You know, these are parts of it. But I think the bigger thing is these, um, and there's books that we read at night, you know, spiritual books that we bring in, but it's part of our dialogue. You know, Josie, we always say, I always just say, you know, it's not as important what we look like or what we're doing. Like you are this energy inside of you. We just, you know, talk about it in that way. Like you feel your heart. What does your heart tell you? Don't just go with your head. It's just from an early age, just starting that conversation. Mm. And I will say that I was raised in a completely different way. And my parents did their best, right? But it was a lot of hustle and the busyness. And so I learned oh, love is to be earned. It's to be achieved. That's where the perfectionist came from. I have to be number one. I have to be a certain way in order to be loved. So for me, being a mother has actually helped me heal my own childhood. And when I say these things to my children, you are loved. I say this constantly because you are you. You need do nothing for this love. You are loved because you're here, you're alive, you're breathing. You're a unique creation of spirit. I'm literally 
saying it to myself as well, because we're all one. So my children are me, I'm them, I'm you, you're, you know, we're all this one connected, you know, all of spirit. So I found being a mother incredibly healing. And of course I make mistakes like every mother, you know, no, nothing's perfect, but I will say that we just put a lot of emphasis on that in our family, the love. And that's, you know, that's where we teach from. That's try so to cool. teach from. Yeah. I, that, that was another question I was trying to ask you is about your childhood. And if you had the experience of kind of, I know obviously you had to go through a lot when you went to India and to be able to find this more kind of like enlightened self um, and find that spirituality in your true self. But like if your childhood was supportive of that nature at all. So that's really interesting that it, it kind of led you onto a more perfectionism path, but that you can rewrite that narrative or or like heal that inner child while you're, you know, raising your children. I think that's so cool. I think we, you know, we come into this lifetime with, you know, the yogis say certain karmas and we say we choose our parents and there's this whole divine intelligence going on. But I will say that I suffered a lot, Josie. I I had no sense of like true self until I went backpacking after college. So I come from this place of understanding what it's like to really beat yourself up, to never feel good enough. I had eating disorders. I was an extreme perfectionist, anxiety, insomnia, trying every diet. Then I went to college. I went the extreme partying, abusing myself with alcohol. Then I gained weight. So I was all over the place. My parents did their best and they're very wonderful people, but there was an incredible just floundering there, neglect. and. um you know, I went on this backpacking and, you know, I went, we went to church. Like I said, I, you know, I was Catholic, but when I went on this backpacking trip and I was primarily in Africa and Asia, it was the first time I was kind of just sat with myself. And I went to India, which blew my mind and all these ideas I was hearing about, which now I'm writing about in the new book. I had no idea who I was until, you know, this adult, period. And I'm still figuring it out. Like I said, the last year has been the most growth, which is I think why the healer's journey, Josie, this is why I'm so passionate about doing what I do. Because if I hadn't been at the bottom of the barrel, like really just dark times, I might not be so motivated to share this. You know, I'm not angry about it. I don't regret it. I don't wish I had a happier childhood or things were easier because that's part of our path. You know, it's part of the journey that leads us here today, truly. And like you said, with the, you can go in with a different empathy of, I know what it's like to feel so far from this. And I think that in itself is helpful for so many people because like, let's say you were just born with all of the awareness of this. And like, I think your journey and even, even reading about in the book, it makes me relate. So then it makes me feel like, okay, I can get there. If Kimberly got there, I can get there. Oh yeah, You know, so I I think that that's a really, like you said, a, a key piece of it for people to know is that your journey was never this one track. Oh, I was born like this. And I've always been in touch with my spirituality and myself and like that, that you went never. through so much to get there. <laughs> never. Well, I'll tell you, Josie, here's another interesting thing. Okay. Spirit places us where we are meant to work. So in the beginning, so remember, I imagine I backpack for three years and I come back and I'm like, Oh, you know, really into this. So I start 
teaching yoga asanas. I'm going back to nutrition school. And that's a whole other tangent, the spiritual way of eating, the energetic way of eating, which is plant-based, you know, because of the compassion, the energy. We don't want to, you know, anyways, do no harm. There's There's a component of that. But anyways, I get back, I start this free blog and I'm in this flow. And then all of a sudden it starts getting picked up. Right. And I, this was not my intention. People, all I did was tell my yoga students and my classes were full. It starts spreading to New York City. But then my first celebrity finds me. And so I'm suddenly, I'm on a film set. Can you share who your first was? My first celebrity was Uma Thurman. That's a good first celebrity. (laughs) Right. So then I start working and then I don't have a TV. Oh, that's the other thing. You know, my kids don't have exposure to messages. We don't have TVs. They'll watch a couple little YouTube videos, but. I'm not a screen person. So to this day, I don't watch movies. I just, I don't TV too much. I just, I don't know, the sounds, the lights. I'm just not a screen person. So anyways, then my life for the next six years though, Josie, like I said, I'm like jetting around going to these film sets and I would pray. I asked spirit. I'm like, why am I in Hollywood? I didn't intend this. Like, what am I doing here? People would be like, oh, it's so amazing. You're working with such and such. I love Reese Witherspoon, all these people. And I'm like, you know, they're just normal people. So there's this part where spirit showed me this part of the world, what we aspire to, the fame and the money, right? And the beauty and all this external stuff. Because I worked with Margot Robbie and some of these people that are just, you know, whatever. And then it was this deepening my realization that everybody is equal. Everybody's struggling with the same stuff. So then I had my own personal struggles. And then I had this glimpse of like what people consider like what we aspire to. It's like, it's all the same. So then it it just gave me more understanding and working with people. And that first it's like, when we get the food right, everything's going to be better. That's kind of what my first two books were, to be honest. That's where I was. Okay, food combining. Here's how we get the bloat under control. And there's a truth to that. But then we go deeper and deeper and deeper and you realize, oh, it's really like we full circle. We started the podcast, food, body, emotional being, spiritual growth. When we take this approach, we honor the wholeness. That's how we get what we're looking for, which is really freedom, love, joy, peace. It's that. Yeah. It's so much more simple than I think people make wellness out to be. As we go along, that is the word, Josie. It gets more simple. I don't make those complicated recipes I used to. My food is simple. My life is pretty simple, despite the fact that we go back and forth between LA and our farm in Hawaii. Besides that, we live pretty simple lives. And I have never been more joyful. And that's what I want for everybody. It was when the scrambling around, the running around, like I was never peaceful. And I don't see that in the world today. I see a lot of people building their big TikTok followers, having a certain look. You know, I go to these dinners and I can feel it. There isn't that peace on the inside that I would want, you know, to impart to all our sisters and brothers out there. And so, like you said, Josie, you feel it. You are such a big hearted, sensitive being. I can really feel that. And you, and so you get it. It's like, why are we doing this? You can be skinny and fit, all this stuff. Who cares if you are so anxious on the inside? You don't enjoy your life. Yeah. What's the point? It means nothing. 
Yeah. It means nothing, right? And I've worked with people who shall remain unnamed that have all the millions of dollars and all the fans and all the stuff and they experience that too. So that's not going to get us there. I just like, this is like, everybody needs to hear this. If I, again, like (laughs) all of the wellness content I post on the site, this is all what it comes down to is Mm. living life from a place of utter joy and where everything is from a sense of love for yourself, for others, for your connection to others. Like this is all, this is it. So everybody listening, this is all you need. Don't listen to any other podcast. (laughs) This is it. So speaking of, of simplicity, I cannot let you leave without asking, what does Kimberly Snyder eat in a day? Like it doesn't have to be like the exact foods, but like what are some of your go-tos if it's a busy day? What are some of the meals, go-tos, snacks, anything that you like and go to? Yeah. So there's a general flow to my day. And I would encourage anybody to understand that Dinacharya, the Ayurvedic word for daily routine, means you want to create some sense of rhythm in your day. Like we talked about meditating in the morning, but also generally when you eat and that will optimize your digestion, that will get your body to be a more efficient machine. So in the morning, it's crazy. I'm getting, you know, the kids dressed, packing school lunch, you know, getting out the door. So in the morning, I still do my hot water with lemon. And sometimes I have green tea, you know, if I need caffeine or black tea or whatever. Sometimes I'll even have coffee if my husband's making it. So I'm pretty liquid in the morning. And then I have my glowing green smoothie. So now it's a little bit cold out. So I do warm it up to, to room temperature, but I have it. I really do drink it most mornings. And can you share what's in that? Why is that so good? I know like Reese Witherspoon, Drew Barrymore, they're all huge fans. So tell me about the, the green glowing smoothie. Yes. And you can get the, you know, the recipe right on my website, mysaluna.com. It's very simple. It's water. It's a high fiber green smoothie. So it's most 70% greens, which you can rotate. There's always lemon to boost the vitamin C and the support for your liver. And then there's high fiber fruit in the classic recipe. There's pear and apple, but you can, you can mix and match right? So it's not juice. It's a fibrous drink, which you want to chew. It's it's giving you that sustenance. It's giving you that, again, fiber to feed the short chain fatty acids in your gut. It's giving you a tremendous amount of this incredible high vibration food, the greens, the antioxidants, the minerals, everything. So that really sets you up for a great day of digestion and energy. Then around so I do pod, I have my own podcast as well, the Feel Good Podcast. We do podcasts at 9.30 and 11. So if I have an 11 o'clock slot, then I always have my wrap at noon. Otherwise, it's, let's say 11.30 to 12.15. I always eat my wrap with my ch- my second son who um, right before his nap. So my wrap is a gluten-free, usually a coconut wrap. And there's hummus, sprouts, <laughs> avocado and tomatoes and olives. Yum. Oh, I love olives. That sounds so good. So I, I wrote, I, I'm a big rotation fan. Sometimes I'll put microgreens. A lot of times it's broccoli sprouts though. So I eat that big hearty wrap then. And then I usually put them down for a nap. I do some work. I go for a walk. And then mid afternoon, I eat a snack. So it could be like a, a big soup if we have that, baked vegetables, more in the spring, summer, I'll have a power protein smoothie, some kind of snack. And then we eat early dinner here. So we eat dinner usually around 5.30 or 6. And then, you know, whatever we're having for dinner, which always has a salad component. Right now it's winter. There's a lot of soups, stews. Um, my kids love lentil, pasta, you know, whatever we're having for dinner. 
And then I always eat a lot of chocolate, uh, some chocolate. Do you? <laughs> Do you have like a brand? I love dark like? chocolate. I love H- H- who? Hugh? Who? As I say yeah, it? I, know, I um, never know. Yeah. Hugh, who, whatever. Yeah. I love Hugh. I love Hugh. I love Dr. Bronner's has a really great chocolate line. And then in the evenings, I always drink a warm elixir. And that's part of my evening routine that I talk about. You can get our elixir recipes on the website as well. It's to settle. It's my delineation between workday and relaxation. So a hot beverage, again, putting that heat in your body, it's great for digestion. It's great mentally. Um, so I have a hot elixir as well. But I, I, I don't eat late. You don't eat yeah. late? Like when do you stop eating or is it just kind of like when you're done with dinner around six, seven? Yeah, like six, six thirty. I try to stop eating except for that hot elixir in the evening. MySaluna.com, we have a million elixir recipes and food recipes and the meditations. Everything's on there. Everything's on there. I know. I, I have not tried the elixirs yet, so I'm going to have to go try that tonight. I'm so excited. Yes. Sounds amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kimberly. I have so many other questions for you that we just didn't get to because you're so We'll have to do part so two. I know. We'll have to do a part two. Um, we're going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. Okay. First question, your Desert Island Salunia product, like the number one can't live without. I'm sure this is going to be hard for you to narrow it down. Oh, number one product, the SBO probiotics. If there's one thing I will never skip, it's more important than your skincare. It's more important than anything because when your gut is really nourished, everything works better. When I got my gut in shape, my acne healed and my weight about like so many infinite things. And like we said, it was supposed to be rapid fire, but I tried every probiotic. I bought those really expensive ones that you refrigerate. By the way, if you had to refrigerate it, how is it going to survive your stomach acid? Great point. Right? It's just go back to nature. The hardiness of the soil-based strains will change your body. It will boost your immunity. It will help your hair, your skin. So our Saluna Feel Good SBO probiotics, I will never, ever skip. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I love it. Okay, what about a non-supplement product? Like whether it's, you know, some people I know love a sauna blanket or red light therapy. Is there like a go-to wellness hmm. ritual hack? habit, product that you love, can't live without? Okay. So I'm a big believer in releasing tension from the body because otherwise it builds. So I really love the percussive, I don't want to say like they're like massage tools, like hyper ice, but they have a hyper ice has a roller. And so in the evenings, I like to turn it on so it vibrates. It's helping to release tension and, and supporting your fascia. And so I like to roll on it with my, you know, my legs, my thighs, my hips, my back at night. It really just lets tension leave your body. So any sort of hyper ice percussive instrument is amazing. Oh my God, I need that. I have so much tension in my body. I need that. Yes. Yeah. It really just helps reset everything. If you have a certain percentage of your body that's tense, it really does drain a lot of energy. Okay. That's so great. That's going to change my life. Oh my gosh. So many, so (laughs) many things are going to change my life. Okay. uh, Next question. The biggest difference between your twenties and thirties? Biggest difference between my twenties and thirties. Okay. So in my twenties, I was starting to go deeper into the true self, but I was still very much identified with ego. So it was like, I am happy today. I have a good hair day. I, you know, it's just very surface. And then as I entered my 30s and became a mother and lost my mother and got into this really deeply, the biggest difference is I had just have a very different sense of self. And I keep strengthening that sense of self to be my true self. I dip in and out, but it has blown open my whole life. Mm. Understand that we're not 
the ego, we actually are something else. Yeah. So powerful. Wow. Okay. Finally, leave our audience with any kind of resource, whether it's like a book that changed your life, an app, a movie, but you're not a screen person. So I know it won't be a movie, but any resource that has changed your life. So the book to read is Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. It will blow your mind. It is the spiritual classic. It is understanding what yoga is. Yoga is not warrior two, right? It's the eight limbs. It's about union. It's about connection in your spine. This is about the incredible journey of Paramahansa Yogananda. And that book will change you. Is that the book you saw at the bookstore when you were in India? No, I first saw a smaller book, The Universality of Yoga, which is actually here in my office. Later, I read Autobiography of a Yogi. All the books by Yogananda really but autobiography is the classic one I would recommend. Okay. Oh my God. I'm, can you, you can find that on Amazon? <laughs> I guess that's yes, the question. Yes, you can get it on Amazon. Okay. I'm Go like, buy I'm it. <laughs> download that right now and read on my Kindle, which is the most unyielding yes. thing, but we're making it modern. No, come on. <laughs> Every, no, it all is, as long as we're, we're accessing that wisdom, it does not matter which form it comes in. I love it. I love it. Kimberly, you are just the absolute best. This was like an iconic moment for me to be able to talk to you. So thank you selfishly for making my life. Where can everyone find you, your Instagram, your podcast, um, all of your products, Uh, shout out that website again. And then where can they find all your books? Oh, thank you so much, love. I love talking to you. You really have a, a huge heart. Thank you. So, so everyone, <laughs> everything's on the website, My Saluna, which by the way means sun and moon. So it's S-O-L-L-U-N-A.com. It means our wholeness. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's um, the Feel Good Podcast. And my Instagram is at underscore Kimberly Snyder. And the new book, I will say, Josie just came out um, about a month ago or less than a month ago in, in soft cover. You are more than you think you are. I really recommend a physical copy of this book. I know a lot of people love the Kindle, which is cool. But because of the journaling, I don't know, either way, but this soft cover is an opportunity to have a physical copy that's, of course, a little bit lighter. Yeah, I have the soft cover and I, I like highlighting it and then writing little mm-hmm. notes to myself so I can go back. So... I agree. I kind of recommend when it comes to this, get the hardcover and the softcover. <laughs> don't, don't maybe do the Kindle um, for this one is my personal recommendation. Kimberly, thank you so much. It was so, so fun to get to talk to you. And we will have to do part two because I like half of my questions I didn't even get to because uh. there's so much. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Josie. It's been an absolute pleasure. So much love, so much gratitude. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Every Girl Podcast on Instagram or theeverygirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.